Welcome to The Coaching Podcast. I'm Simon Blair, and with my co-host Emma Doyle, we explore how to coach for success in both sport and business. In this episode, I interview Australian behavioural strategist Warren Knorr. Welcome to another episode of The Coaching Podcast. I'm Simon Blair. I have the absolute pleasure today of interviewing behavioural strategist Warren Knorr. Warren, good afternoon. Hi, Simon. How are you? Good, mate. Uh, Warren, just give us uh, give our audience a bit of an insight into your role as a behavioural strategist and uh, your background. I've been um, working with uh, groups um, and sporting teams and large corporates since 1994, so externally consulting, um, uh, wandering around since then. Um, and uh, you know, done done uh, quite a bit of uh, what we would call coaching and facilitation. But you know, from a behavioural strategist perspective, I'm really interesting in uh, in changing the behaviour um, of individuals and looking at ways in which they can modify their behaviour just really simply and easily. I was uh, fortunate enough to get a break. Where are we now? Ten years ago now, where my first serious corporate client was um, uh, was the Wallabies, preparing them for the uh, 2007 World Cup at that time. Um, so it's fortunate enough to get a break uh, there. It, they were they were trying to understand what made the uh, what made the players tick. Their their key one of their key focuses was very much around how do they actually predict how they're likely to behave under stress and pressure and 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 when seeing that how do they stop them from derailing on field and uh, I've had quite a bit of expertise around that so um, we uh, we worked together on that and you know that being just such a great start has led to other things in the era rugby union uh, golf world golf um, uh, cricket equestrian into you know crosses so at the at the elite ends of at the elite ends of both of that so it's um it's been, um, you know, I've been very, very, uh, uh, very fortunate to actually do some of the work that I've, uh, some of the work that I've done. Yeah, I suppose it's a good uh, opportunity. Let's jump into the questions that we like to ask all of our guests on the podcast. Pineapple on pizza? Do you have, uh, do you have a preference? Love it, love it or hate it? Uh, there is no preference. Why would you ruin a good thing? You know, it's a fruit. Keep it, keep, you know, keep it in the fruit bowl. No fruit on pizza, okay. No fruit on pizza. Uh, so as a result of that, uh, Warren, it'd be good to, uh, for you to, if you can reveal to our audience, I suppose your worst coaching experience you've ever had as either a coacher yourself or, or in yeah. a coaching capacity. Oh, well, let me, uh, let me lean into, um, you know, some of my failures. It's, um, uh, and and, and uh, thinking about the question, it was... Uh, uh, a few years ago now, not 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 many enough in some ways, but um, uh, recent enough to remember where um, I was working with a gentleman and uh, I thought I was doing a fairly good job. We'd met over a series of sessions and um, he seemed comfortable, engaged, and uh, I actually asked him for some feedback about, you know, how did he think we were going? And um, well, that's a question that, I'm, uh, that I need to be careful in asking. And uh, <laughs> His response was quite blunt, and his response was, "Well, Warren, um, you seem to be enjoying yourself, but uh, quite frankly, I could do with a, a lot less analogies, um, um, 
lot less stories. Uh, could we just get to the point really, really quickly? Because I'm busy. And um, if I want an expansion on that, you may ask me, would you know, do I need to expand? And I'll say yes or no. And and if you could keep that down just to about 30 seconds, that'd be great. And uh, it was. It, 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 I'm not sure it was the worst, but you know, at that at that moment, you know, I just kind of went, oh, okay. There's, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's a piece of feedback that was uh, probably, uh, you know, well overdue. But it was a great lesson now in hindsight about um, um, uh, engaging with someone in a style that that suits me and that I would prefer um, without uh, enough checking in or without enough even asking them. You know. How best do you like information? How best do you like the relationship? How best do you like the communication? So um, that was a lesson that uh, I'd like to think I've only had to learn once. And um, but that was a uh, yeah, probably that was a, a a good outcome as well, Simon. But it was a uh, it shortened me up at that moment. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and it's probably yeah in hindsight a good good um, good that you got a personality type that wasn't afraid to actually uh, speak their mind. Yes, others might have thought that in the past, but you know. Uh, would internalise that and as coaches that's um, you don't necessarily learn with if you don't get insight into that you can plough ahead completely oblivious so absolutely absolutely human, human nature to do that unfortunately if there's no if there's no stop sign then we just play uh, then we just continue on don't we yeah no, that was a great example um, now you get the chance to tell us about what you consider to be your, your best experience uh, look, I suppose there's a um, there's a uh, couple of my sporting ones. Uh, if I just pick one, I was working with a uh, uh, with a team uh, that they, they tended to lose by ten or win by ten. Um, asked the stats guy about when was the last time that they put fifty points on another team. He proudly says that was six and a half years ago. Uh, so I thought we had a problem. I because um, uh, I profile, I psychologically profile um, every person, every group I work with, so I know where to look. Went to the profiles, found that under pressure, the uh, the forwards were highly cautious and the backs were highly excitable. Um, with that piece of information, I called the coaching group together and said we have a problem. Uh, we have both the brake and the accelerator with actually in the same team. And I said, you guys don't need to play another team. You're actually playing yourself. And um, it wasn't a question. The head coach said to me, what are we going to do? I went and I said, well, you know, we want to become with me. Went and found the captain and I said to the captain who was in the forwards group, I said, you know how you won't give the ball to the backs because they do silly things with it? He said, yep. And I just thought, wow, this is just going to be a bit easier than I thought. And we had a discussion about why that was and we had an agreement that if the backs would actually be a bit more sensible with the ball, then they could have it a bit more because the forwards were sick of actually working hard, having the thing kicked away and then having to go and work hard again and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Went and found the um, uh, the vice captain who ran the backs and said, listen, do you know how you don't get the ball? And he said, Warren does my head in. Um, and I nicely said to him, well, if you got it a bit more, do you think you could hang on to it? You know, and he said, well, we don't get it. And I said, yeah, I know if we get it a bit more. I said, you know, listen, when you're bored with it, could you pass it to someone that you know? Could we, you know, could we have an agreement around that? So he had a, had a bit of a smile on his face, and I said, right, you come with me. We went and down the captain, and I said, I don't know how you guys seal, seal this deal, but this is, you know, uh, the forwards captain, this is the captain of the team, this is what you were saying, the backs uh, vice captain, this is what you were saying, do we have an agreement around that? You're going to get the ball, you're going to be more conservative. And I said, Pinky promised me and hug, whatever you guys do to actually seal it, I'm not really that phased. And uh, so they had an agreement, and uh, a week later they put 72 points on the opposition, 
uh, broke four club records, high score in history, and um, so that was a fairly um, and and I was actually thanked for my contribution about that. So that was a that was a fairly pleasing moment where you just kind of go, wow. Um, maybe some of the stuff does work. <laughs> that's that's uh, always, no doubt, there'd be coaches out there listening to this, uh, yeah, thinking about those those sort of moments. They just validate, don't they? And, and it's rare. Yeah. It does, yeah. So to be able to get such immediate uh, response, immediate feedback, immediate success. from a- And I think there's, there's a difference between business and sport. I mean, there's no doubt in business we can get a impactful uh, change at an individual or team level that's easily demonstrable. But, you know, in business, market trending up, uh, with no disrespect, almost anyone can make money in those times. You know, market trending down, the best the best hang on to more, they probably don't make any. Um, so it's arguable, uh, you know, relevance, it's arguable, um, you know, impact. Uh, sport, if it's put the ball in the hole, if it's put points on the board, no room to hide. No room to hide. And, and, and the, measurement, the measurement around all of that just it's transparent, yeah. And it forces, you know, it forces me as a, you know, as a practitioner to uh, move well beyond self awareness and kind of going, no, 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 we can actually do stuff here to impact a change. Yeah. Yeah. Sliding doors question: Has there been a pivotal moment in your career or moments that you know you were faced with decisions could have gone left, could have gone right that have put you on the particular path that would have been very differently if you, if you chose chose differently? Uh, look, um, I, I, I suppose when I finished my career in corporate, there was a decision to be made whether I was going to have the courage to go out and and, um, and build my own practice back in 1995 when it was really, I'm not even sure it was coaching back then or facil- I'm not even sure what it was back then, but I was doing quite a bit of one-on-one work, one work with corporates. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there, there, there wasn't a lot of coaches around. It was mainly, you know, there was a lot of life coaches who were, um, you know, with no disrespect, doing a lot of lot of personal stuff, and that that was that was kind of fine. Yeah. Um, it was a fairly un, it was a fairly uncrowded market. You just need to get a coffee with someone to convince them if, if they had a budget that you could help them with their problem. I mean, it's far different. You know, it's far different nowadays. So I'd say that was kind of a pivotal moment, and um, I decided if I couldn't get a client in six months, I'd probably go back to corporate because you know, banking and finance would take me, um, you know, would take me back. It was a, you know, it was an opportunity for me to step out. So um, I'm glad I got a couple of clients in that six months, and um, I think after where are we now? Twenty, you know, twenty three years. I can probably um, uh, safely put aside the pinstripe suit and kind of agree that I might never go back. So it's, it is working out for you then, after all. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm eking out a living, Simon. It'd be fair to say. <laughs> Lovely. Um, in three words or less, what do you think makes a great coach? And I'm really interested in your response from, because of that, you know, the diversity of the uh, you know sporting realm, business realm that, that you encounter. Um, yeah, if that's. If there's any commonality there, or even if there's differences there in in the two two areas, or if you think it's all centered around the same core core principles. Look, I think it's centered around the same core principles. I mean, there's no there's no doubt getting a sales target is different to putting a you know a horse over a jump at a you know at a, at a set rates in a smart way. I, I think the task is different, but I think the the, the process to enable an individual to stop making silly decisions is exactly the same. So three three words. Three words, uh, listening, insight, and challenge. 
listening, insight, and challenge. Challenge, yeah. That's uh, fantastic, Warren. And the insight part of it, I'm fascinated with, I suppose, your role as a behavioral strategist. And you, you mentioned that a bit earlier around uh, with the, so the work uh, with the um, rugby team. And yeah. The, you know, what, what the data and what the measurement was, was telling you. And um, is that what you're referring to when you talk about insight? Or is it- yeah, absolutely. I think you need to, you know, I think from a, from a from a pure coaching perspective, you know, it's a, it's a lot about you know asking questions, and I don't think anyone would disagree that that's not the right thing to do. But but, but at some stage, pretty well most people I work with are looking for some form of connective insight. They're looking for, you know, great. I've you know I've answered a lot of things, but you know what 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 a different additional leverage up can you actually kind of uh, can you actually kind of give me? Yeah, to take some of that opinion or perceptions of opinion. Yeah, cor- yeah, correct. Or the, you know, the you know, the, you know, I think, you know, I think pure coaching will take you, to, you know, to a certain degree, but implies that the person has a lot of tacit knowledge about something. Yeah. And if I've got no awareness, um, then then questions at best will, you know, will you know, force me to go and look. At worst, will actually frustrate me. Yeah. Warren, uh, do you have a question that you'd like to ask uh, the coaching podcast? Yeah, look, I suppose my question is, um, uh, what role does uh, self-awareness actually, and I, and I suppose I come from my lens about, you know, changing out, uh, changing outcomes, not necessarily outputs, not necessarily inputs. What role, um, if any, does self-awareness uh, need to play in that? The, the importance of self-awareness in, in achieving uh yeah, the, the outcomes that they're there. Yeah, and enabling, and enabling self-awareness in others. I mean, to what degree is it really, you know, to what degree do I really need that? Terrific. Warren, thank you very much. An absolute pleasure. Um, great to hear your, uh, your insights from your particular background, which is fantastic. Uh, and um, really appreciate you being on the show. Great, Simon. Lovely to be with you. Hi, Emma. Hi, Simon. Well, <laughs> yeah, another fantastic interview. And sounds like his background really is a perfect guest to be on our show, oh. sport and, and business. Well, yeah, as a result of um, when I looked into Warren's uh, background, uh, yeah, that just leapt out. And I thought, ah, oh, got to get him on the show. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's done senior sort of leadership coaching in, in business and then Similarly, with uh, you know the Wallabies and and mm. other teams, which is the national rugby union team here in Australia, um, and uh, also other other rugby teams. So mm. yeah, at, at quite quite uh, you know high levels of um, mm-hmm. of the sport. So mm. uh, yeah, I thought perfect. <laughs> um, mm. So what are your thoughts uh, on? Uh, I suppose some of the, like the the worst experience, the worst coaching experience uh, that he had. Yeah, I think we really, you know, it really becomes quite clear in you know, especially as a young coach, about making assumptions about what we think people uh, need, mm. and without really, um, you know, really understanding 
first and foremost, what are the ground rules around the coaching session? How much time do we have? What are mm. the expectations? You know, that's conflict for me. Conflict is when expectations don't meet reality. Yeah, and so if you're talking about analogies and you're talking about and the, and the, the coach is thinking, get to the point, come on, I've got to, and their, and their mind is elsewhere. That's, mm. that's really not um, reading the, the situation, which mm. let, this whole episode, there's a, there's a through line to self-awareness, isn't there? Yes, which is where yes. he finished, and uh, that is such it's personal effectiveness. It's it's one of those qualities that I think probably the most important quality of all. Yeah, absolutely. It, it the is success. Yeah, of yourself to understand your um, how you're delivering the session, mm. and whether then how self aware is the person in relation to taking on board the message, and and the information, and the coaching, yeah. and how coachable are they. And and why are they there? So yep. you know all all those things important. But probably my favourite part of the episode, of course, is is the sporting example of actually <laughs> like that was major great. transformation of turning teams around and mm. and actually when he realised that the team was playing themselves, what a great insight with mm. the backs and the forwards and and actually just I liked he mentioned the language of sorry a break versus accelerator, was- excellent language and talk getting the teams to talk to each other and actually they they already yeah yeah we don't get the ball that often and just being able to he said it was easier than i expected just by actually asking the questions they brought to mm. the surface the problems which everyone which you know they had already identified mm. so it becomes a conversation around what do we need to do differently mm to actually, you know, create change, like massive change. And even in the way he told the story, it became clear that his his personal style is a quite a conversational sort Approach. of style. Uh, simple, cut through, let's get mm. to the point, probably as a result of learning from his worst coaching experience way back when. Yeah. Um, and we're you know, very big on that economy of language. We've heard from a number of our recent sort of guests as well. Uh, and yeah, his ability to facilitate bringing those forwards and those backs together, and uh, when he he realised there was that divide in in the team dynamic and and the results that flowed from mm. what what he was able to uh, do, and it, 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 yeah, just listening to it, none of it seemed hard. It's just that he asked good questions, to, mm. so he could get to root cause. He knew what the root cause was, so he could quickly then jump to the solution. How about we just chat and make it about what. The need, he made it about each group. So if the forwards, what do you need? The backs, what do you, you mm. need? And when he understood that and... Uh, when they understood. They, or, they understood Correct. what... and Because that was, you know, um, he by asking the questions, they were had to confront that and, and I suppose uh, be aware, self-aware around... There it is again. Around, uh, around that need that they had and um, he was able to find that way to, to bridge that, that, that disconnect. yeah. yeah. And then with this sliding doors moment around 1995, um, we just even just go back. I mean, that was the year I was in, you know, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and the the land of, you know, still getting snail trail letters instead of emails and Mm. those little things back in that era when I wonder if we had the coaching podcast back in 1995, (laughs) would it have even existed? Like, as he's talking, was it coaching? Was it training? There was plenty of life coaching. Maybe the buzzword mm. was starting. You know that was just starting out then. And I and I wonder what the coaching podcast would have looked like back mm. in nineteen ninety five. 
I can tell you that would have been when that coincided with me becoming a team leader, starting even the journey unofficially doing coaching. Coaching. And I remember the call center manager trying to instill a coaching culture and that language being present. Mm. Um, and I remember buying a couple of books. Uh, to be honest, one of the earliest business books, well, Stephen Covey, um, Seven, Seven Habits, Habits of Highly Effective yep. People was big on that. And, yeah, and the principles of, you know, seek mm. first to understand, then to mm. be understood, underpins, you know, is a, is a great coaching methodology. Mm. Um, and about knowing knowing the, the person that you're coaching, it's, it's terrific. Yeah. Any, in any form of assistance you can give. The other one was um, author he's, that I latched onto was Ken Blanchard, uh, his book around raving fans. He produced a little book around that time, give or take a, a year or two, the little book of coaching. Uh, and even I've just realized what was great about that book. Wait for it. Uh, he It was co-authored with, our American audience can help us out here. Don Shula, I think, who's I think the greatest NFL coach in history. Miami Dolphins, um, best team ever, apparently. I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, they basically co-authored, so it was the marriage of sport and business. Ah, <laughs> and are you suggesting maybe one day we might like produce a little book with oh. with an NFL coach? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I missed that point. <laughs> Oh, Simon joke. Blair. Um, uh, sorry, back to you. Back to you before I... I don't know how that's going to happen, Emma. Um, no, so... Jane won't mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just those... Um, yeah, back, back then, yeah. Co- coaching was... But it was very much early days. Early days, yeah. Uh, in terms of that. In mm. fact, there's a book as I turn around over to my desk and I literally pick up a book, The Complete Guide to Coaching at Work, an Australian book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember getting this author? early in my career, Perry Zeus and Suzanne Skiffington. So Perry and Suzanne, if you're uh, out there and you hear this podcast, drop us a line because uh, this book is one of the great coaching books um, that early in my career was amazing, especially because it had some call center specific stuff, stuff yeah. within it. But I'm flicking through just to see what year it actually was. Yeah. And while you do that, of course, I have to insert one in back that I read in 1995, The Inner Game of Tennis, Timothy Galway. And Sir John Whitmore, who's arguably one of the godfathers of coaching, uses a lot of the concepts out of that book. Yes. When he, you know, in terms of the the self one, the conscious mind, self two, the subconscious mind, and actually learning how to quieten the mind to actually just bounce hit was one of the, the big concepts yeah, right. rather than all this extra information that we're constantly given, mm. which is very much in line, uh, you know, with what Warren was talking about, that, you know, often we we, we think it's what they want to hear, but, you know. Is it? <laughs> is it? Yeah. And um, that's. And that f- feedback he got was brutal. Mm. Um, so anyway, that book published 2000. So missed it by five years, but, you know, very mm. comprehensive piece of work mm-hmm. and. Talking about coaching as, as mm. an established practice, mm. but well, so, sorry, but the inner game of tennis, nineteen seventy five. Yeah, well, isn't that right? But I think coaching in the in the business world, yeah, you know, it came evolved from the sporting world, yeah, uh, and that's where that book from Ken Blanchard. That's why 
You know, yeah. he was he was leveraging a good fit. pioneers mm. in sports, American sports, with coaching practices. Mm-hmm. Um, really being able to introduce that to mm-hmm. a to a business mm. audience, I think. Mm. Um, so the nineties was big, big yeah. for that. And obviously, he went out and started his business. A lot of the the transition jumps mm. and the leaps of faith into the into the coaching. Well, it's such a rewarding profession, isn't it? When you when you take that leap and uh, and it's tough and then and then and then you know obviously clearly he's he's flying now absolutely and, and I like the 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 fact you can get you know through the work the investment in people that you make as a coach uh, seeing the results yeah and, and where it is measurable and that's you know you guys are like in the sporting realm where you get well like. <laughs> Lucky and unlucky because it can be harsh, you know. Mm. You don't get the victory. <laughs> you don't achieve mm. the, that goal because it is literally black or white. I suppose in the business world, yeah, there's a lot more grey. Mm-hmm. Certainly there's clearly defined, you mm-hmm. know, are we selling more staff? Are we getting yeah. more customers? Yeah, profit. You know, profit, et cetera. But there's also a lot more intangibles mm-hmm. uh, as well. So uh, here it is. Listen, what makes a great coach? Listening. Listen, listen, yep. listen, listen. Yep. It's come up again. Uh, insight and challenge. And I like, yeah, you know, insight, getting, you know, insight from the people you're coaching, just like the example of yes. someone who's willing to give feedback. Are you willing to seek it out? Yes. I think is the a, a key question. I think we can all. And, yep. and for me, the most, one of the things that just, jumped out of that interview is actually having a certain level of knowledge yes in a certain field in with the person that you are coaching for you to then provide remember we talk about vision a lot on this show as well and if you don't have that as he said coaching can only take you so far Mm. there has to be that level of actually Foundation skill. Foundation skill and knowledge. And knowledge. And also, and how do you find that balance between, you know, believing that the coach E has has the answers within them because that is a critical part of coaching as well as providing some um, options also for them to consider, Uh, you know, which comes back to the famous grow model, you know, goals, Mm. reality, options, way forward. That options section of the grow model, which has been around for years. So there there is an element of choice. There is an element of choice. And there is that that opportunity for the coach Mm. to also say, hey, here's here's another way you could approach this. Yeah. Which is quite often what I do in the coaching of coaches world. Yes. Especially these days in how we give the feedback rather Mm. than that's, that's wrong. Oh, that's right. It's actually here's here's another way you could try to do this. Yeah. And then leaving it up to the coachee to go. You know what? I'll try that next time. Or I think that I'll, that resonates with me. I'll take that on, but maybe not that. But it's, mm. he talks about leverage of information, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, can you can you um, can the coaching you're doing actually be used as a lever if the foundation skills of even the person you're coaching isn't where it needs to be? Um, is another is an aspect there which. And that's also a bit of horses for cause. Are you even the right coach for that person in that moment? Yes. Or, or as I think from what he was getting at, the is coaching even the thing that's gonna isn't needed right now? Absolutely. Uh, and I just yeah. love those the thoughts the, that yeah. that that provokes. Yeah. Um, and there's no there's no easy answers to any of that. No, so. no. I um I certainly know a model. I think uh, with with Matt Church with thought leadership. They've got the uh, the model, which is speaker, author, 
uh, trainer, mentor, uh, facilitator, coach. And mm. you know what? As I wear this hat right now, we do. We, we, we need to play um, or put on different wear, hats. Wear different hats, yeah. Which comes back to his ultimate question around self-awareness. I need to be self-aware mm. of when I need to be a mentor, when do I need to be a pure coach, yes. when do I need to be a trainer, when do I need to be a facilitator, mm. and when, when, when there is are it? differences between as a, those. Yeah, yeah, exactly, even as a speaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the style to use in that right. moment? That's right. Adjust, do I need to adjust it? Yeah. Based on the feedback, the yeah. insight that you're getting from the audience. Yeah. Um, Critical, isn't it? Absolutely, isn't yeah. it? And so we end up where we started, which is self awareness. Yeah. And strong theme throughout. And throughout this. Yeah. So that's. Uh, I think that's. You know, it's hard. Self awareness can be hard because sometimes when you become aware, you might not like. What mm-hmm. you find? A and B, we don't often prioritize time to be self-aware. No. So his his question is, what role does it play? And even, you know, I, I think something I'm always curious on, what do you do to be self-aware? Mm. What do you actually do about it? Yeah. Um, to have self-awareness. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things I've, um, I, mean, we t- <laughs> I talk about Gary Vee a lot, but self-awareness is a massive thing for him as his empathy and, but a key to his success because he's known the essence of himself from a very young age. And so he doesn't give a stuff about things that aren't core strengths. Mm-hmm. So one of his techniques, which was quite, when I first heard it, I thought, hmm, I haven't heard it delivered so strongly like that because there's a bit of an obsession often in self-improvement circles around, you know, fixing your weaknesses. And when actually, you know what, you can sort of just... Let's not even go there. Or employ someone. Employ in the area, outsource that. Yeah. Outsource. Surround you, or surround yourself with the people that that yeah. is a strength in for them. In case anyone wants to be my accountant. The- I'm actively looking <laughs> because an area for development for me that. <laughs> Don't look at me, Emma. Can't help you there. Um, but the ROI on the effort you would need to put in to get to a level where you can leverage leverage that for impact, uh, when it's a true weakness is the time and effort you actually have to put in, mm. you're going to actually diminish your strengths. So what does Gary Vee say? Focus on your strengths. Yeah. Go all in on your strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one of the practical manifestations of that for me in recent times is I like to talk and I like to coach. Hmm, podcasting. There might be something in, in that. That. Uh, that is a very practical example of playing to my strengths, uh, which sometimes can be a weakness. If I'm not self-aware of and being present in the moment of mm. how I'm, if I lose myself and get too passionate, you know, that's not to say it's bad, but yeah, it can bore gotta people, got to rein it in. Yep. Uh, so. That, that's why yeah. I'm such a great co-host. I'll just tell you to rein it in. <laughs> <laughs> you just give me death stares. Uh, you do this cutting yeah, uh, signal. Hand movement. That Sometimes no there might see. be a slap over the back of the head. I don't know if anyone's heard that before. <laughs> no, but it, it, I'm joking you know, that she's no. never slapped me over the back no. of the head. No, but... Um, you probably wanted to a few times. So on that note, let's <laughs> let's throw it back to our audience about self-awareness. What do you, what do, you do? Um, mm. What role do you think it plays in yourself and in, um, in, in the coachee as well? In, in terms of what role do you play in helping them become self-aware? Yeah. Um, and any uh, personal experiences where yeah. moments that have helped help 
that shape shape that awareness awareness um, career. Be, you mm. know, it would be it'd be great to hear some stories around it would that, so. it would great i would love to meet warren one day yep. you just never know with this coaching podcast so Absolutely. thank you so much simon fantastic interview thanks warren Emma Doyle is an international high-performance coach and motivational speaker, helping people to unlock their inner coach. Her mission is to unleash female potential through her Girl Power Camps and the Confidence Matrix program. She can be contacted on email via emma at emmadoyle.com.au or visit her website or Facebook page. And myself, well, I'm a contact center coach with a career of more than 25 years creating strong coaching culture and performance within sales and customer service teams. I would love your connection on LinkedIn. Search Simon Blair Contact Centre Coach or you can email me direct at simon.blair at 5degrees.com.au That's F-I-V-E-D-E-G-R-E-E-S.